Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. rises from the ashes it's time to fly welcome back to the phoenix splash podcast i'm your host well one of the hosts jcb jason cornelius bell and other on the other side of this fence my man oh the co-host my partner in crime brett jager what's going on brother tell me something good i am just happy to be here ready to fly again and uh yeah, this is uh, always something to look forward to, and uh, just happy to be back here, baby. And uh, for, I don't know why I forgot, but Cornelius, what a badass man. <laughs> About to say my mama just rolled over in her grave when she heard that. She's like, that's not what I named you. But sorry, mom, I love you, but the name you gave me, a little too uh Caucasian for my taste, but that's another story for another time. Like I said, welcome back to the Phoenix Splash Podcast this week. Uh, we're going to talk a little uh, Wrestle Kingdom 2, uh, day two, uh, that would lead into the Great Muda Bye Bye uh, match that came, or the card that came afterwards. And then we're going to jump into a little stardom, preview the uh, 12th anniversary show on February the 4th, and then. Before we really get out of here, uh, Brett dropped in a ridiculous YouTube match from All Japan Wrestling. We'll cue that up here in a little bit. Just when I always think, I'm like, you know, I watch so much wrestling. I watch so much wrestling. Here comes Brett like, hey, you know, I saw this on Cage Match. It was 9.67 rated. You want to watch it? I'm like, pfft. Fuck yeah, I want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, that's no joke right there, baby. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to talk about that as well because I have thoughts on that. Um, Brett, tell me uh, tell me something good non-wrestling related. The Bengals are in the AFC Championship, baby. Yeah, I, I probably should have just said that off the jump and been done with it. Where are you going to watch the game tomorrow? Uh, up at my buddy Rich's house, uh, we're having we'll have a nice little group. We're making a bunch of like crockpot food, some air fryer wings, things of that sort. So uh, yeah, it's gonna be good. Uh, big TV, you know. I always prefer to watch like at someone's house. I mean, you get you know the bar atmosphere is all well and good, but I like to really dial in and you know be with a smaller group of people. Um, but yeah, looking forward to it. Obviously, uh, Mahomes not coming in quite a hundred percent, or so we think. But uh, yeah, I think so we Bengals think. Is, yeah, I think this Bengals team is just locked in. But tough to beat a team like that four times in a row. So uh, it's going to be interesting. But hey, we're not here to talk about that. But that's something good. That's not wrestling. Fair enough. Fair enough. Keep us back on track. So I guess um, we can start off with. Uh, New Japan, I'm supposing, correct? Yeah, let's do we just fire into that Wrestle Kingdom show. I think that's kind of the biggest thing that's happened. And like you said, the Noah bye bye kind of is a natural lead 
and then the Muda retirement card, which is obviously heavily uh, tied into all of this and very, very exciting. And off air, you called it show of the year potential, mm. I think, or something of the sort. So It's, uh, it's got a lot of freaking names on that card and it, a, a it's lot of time. Pretty tasty. Yes, for pretty sure. Tasty stuff. <laughs> for sure. But yeah, I think we kind of start with this umbrella, and then, like you said, we'll sprinkle in everything else. All right, let's talk a little uh, that New Japan. Yes, sir. So, obviously, with the music, um, there is the one biggest angle that I came up with. Sorry, I know I said just a quick side note. Obviously, you hear Okada's theme music and, you know, being the Rainmaker and the current IWGP heavyweight champion. Um, I told Brett that, you know, I wanted to do some drops in between, you know, segments so it can kind of keep us, you know, organized moving forward. And I told him this drop would be the lead in to like, what is it? New New Japan strong, you know, king of sports, New Japan wrestling. But Mm -hmm. then I was just like, you know what? There's a, I got two or three different other entrance music, so I just figured it just all should be entrance music for my weeks, and then the weeks that I I host, I'll change the music as we go along, so it all it won't always be the same music every time. So Okada will be this t- time around when we talk about New Japan next time. It'll be somebody else going forward moving that way. So just something to kind of keep us uh, interested in things when uh your boy has the wheel. But like I was saying, back to the point, Okada being, and I'm just going to jump right into it because, you know, no disrespect to everybody else, but to me, there is two or three things that came out of this. And to me, this was the biggest angle you had. You had a tag team match with Okada and Makabe versus, uh, Kaito Kiyomiya and in So, um, which let me butt in, let me butt in real quick. Jump in. When this when this card was announced, it's a bit of a curious pairing with uh, Okada and Makabe here. It's like right. really like you got Ishii on the pre-show. Like seems to be a better fit here because he and Inamura have kind of mixed it up in the past as well. Makabe, you know, I don't want to call him a jobber, but he's past his prime. You know, not su- not super interesting. They're not even part of the same faction, so. It makes sense that uh, that's kind of the way this went. Uh, that, yeah, I'll just let you hand it from here. But yeah, it was a curious position or placement of the card, and uh, now it makes a little more sense of why it was what it was. This is yeah. I, this was before they went to their intermission, correct? I believe so. Yeah, I, I think so. I think they did it right after this. So. I agree with you on Makabe. It was it was just weird, but I would, I honestly didn't pay it that much attention. I was really more focused in on the obvious two champions, the NOAA heavyweight champion in Kaito Kiyomiya and the IWGP champion in Okada. Um, and for, coming off of what had happened last year between yeah, those two. That, yeah, I was just getting ready to say that. Go ahead and talk about it. Yeah, Okada pretty much big brothered him, didn't really show him any respect, beat the hell out of him. I mean, Kaito, you know, to his credit, you know, he took the fight. He got he got his ass beat. He fired back. And that was dark pants, dark hair Kaito, which is my favorite Kaito, if you remember. <laughs> um, but then he famously or infamously, I guess, was kind of carried out crying, very similar to Okada at Wrestle Kingdom 9 when he lost Tanahashi for the second time. So... 
I really loved how they kind of built that. And then, yeah, that kind of set the stage for the intrigue for this. And holy shit, it went uh, beyond what I think anyone could have ever <laughs> Didn't see this coming. The, <laughs> the setup is... Uh, I believe Okada has uh, in a Marina wrist lock. It's it almost looks like the infamous well, money clip. Let's, let's step back because before the match started, even you had Kaito kind of stepping up and pointing to Okada like, "Hey, I, I want, want you, you right I now." Want to start with you, right? And he just basically turns his back, doesn't even <laughs> give him the time of day, and walks out of the ring. So I think that's, in, that's important to note here, I think. Very because, very true. No, you are very again, correct. right off the jump, no respect at all shown by Okada. No, I agree so with that, too. And it starts, so it was Makabe and Inamura initially just mixing it up, and then Okada got the tag in. And now I'll kick it back to you. Um, and then, like I said, from that point, it just looked like the the infamous money quip was getting ready to be applied. And Kaito Kiyomiya comes in, no tag, and begins to kick Okada with no real response from Okada, just no selling it. And then <laughs> yeah. the the next kick is directly in the face. It, I mean, it takes his no I mean clean shot in the nose Okada just goes down I'm like what the fuck is this and you can see Okada ro- roll over and I don't think I've ever seen Okada you know I've watched New Japan for about five or six years so I'm not going to sit here and and I'll defer to Brett on this one because you're, you're the encyclopedia when it comes to things like this I don't think I've ever seen Okada with a look like that before and it just, you could see the light bulb just turn on. He just snapped, for a lack of a better word, and all hell breaks loose. I know we both didn't watch it. Immediately, we we heard about it, saw it after the fact. Your knee-jerk reaction to watching Okada getting smoked in the face. <laughs> yeah, fortunately, I did not have this spoiled or anything, despite watching it, you know, at a later date. I'd known something had happened based on just discourse, but I didn't know what. So I'm glad I kind of came in clean. But, yeah, I agree with you. Like, similarly, as we talked about last time, we both started watching the product around the same time. You know, I've gone back and watched a ton of 2012 to, like, 16. But, no, not even close to a reaction like that from Okada, do I remember. I can't even think of anything resembling that because <laughs> obviously he'll get fired up in his matches, right. you know, like Kenny, Tanahashi, all the big ones. Like Night he'll up. have moments where he'll flip that switch, not quite like murder Ibushi, but he's got that switch. Right. But this was unlike anything, like I said, any of us have ever seen from him. And I think part of it, you know, there's definitely a little bit of realism to it. Obviously, I was going. That angle. was my next this question. Do you angle, think this is a work, or we are we getting worked? Or uh, my knee jerk reaction was like, "What the fuck is this?" And I'm I'm starting yeah. to get pissed off. I'm like, "How the hell is this happening?" <laughs> no, no, no! Don't ring the bell! Don't ring the bell! Everybody, just chill out. They're just talking. They're just talking. Kevin it's, Kelly. Kevin Kelly's like, "Rat, you gotta stop this <laughs> for like a minute." Like, Kevin Kelly's just shitting all over the ref the whole time. God, I love Kevin Kelly. Yes, I believe this is a work, but I just think there is some, whether it be ego, you know, just between the two companies, they're both champs. Kaito probably does legitimately feel some level of disrespect. 
I don't know, or maybe it is all just a brilliant orchestrated work from over a year ago, but regardless, um, both guys played it off perfectly. Um, like you said, you were fucking pissed at Kaito. Oh, yeah. I was, but I, I was, but I was also like, this is the Kaito I like to see who gets really fucking fired up. It shows emotion and fire. Not that he doesn't, but like, this is the, that darker side right. of Kaito that I've always kind of gravitated towards, you know, as opposed to just him being the squeaky clean baby face. But yeah, and then, um, I mean, when Okada came back, he was just laying in the shot <laughs> so hard. Like, like, oh, my, he might knock this guy out. And then A couple of those kicks was kind of stiff. I was like, oh, I, shit. Yeah, <laughs> and then someone, who was I talking to? I can't remember. It said once they saw Kaito deliver that drop kick, that was the moment, you know, okay, this is probably a work. Because if this was a real fight, that flying drop kick is not happening. No, not at all. But I mean, credit to both guys, man. They saw this like it was as real as it could be. And again, I just think there is some personal stuff here, which that makes the best angles when there is a little bit of realism. And these guys may have some, you know, professional jealousy. I mean, really more Kaito to Okada. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Okada's Okada. But, you know, Kaito, he's got his place in this Japanese wrestling world, no doubt, but he's he's not Okada, not even close. Very but he's few out are. here. He wants to prove that he is. So, and buckle we'll, up. Yeah, well, obviously, we'll talk more about that here in a little bit. Uh, from there, let's just jump into the Congo versus Lij best of five. We'll talk about the matches, break them down, throw some star ratings out. Um, well, hey, I guess we should just say that that match is official. It is official. The great Muta, Muta retirement show. So, you know, for them to that quickly kind of make that a match, you know, that going back to last year, it's like, man, it was all tag matches. It was kind of right. underwhelming, but it's like now, just one year later, we've got, and like you said, we'll talk about it, but the biggest interpromotional match in many, many years in Japan that I could think of. So, yeah, this is big shit, and uh, I love it. Yeah, if, if, it, if it wasn't for um, Keiji Muto and uh, Naito as the yeah. main event, that this would probably be the main event, and it would probably be one of the biggest matches in Japanese history. I'm just throwing it out there just because people are saying that, you know, Muto and uh, Naito has the the chance to be that just because you got the legend in Muto and you know the modern day. In my opinion, I'm call me what you want. Like I said, I'm a, I'm not Naito Mark. You know, he's a yeah. modern day walking legend as as we speak. So for, for those two to uh, to to hook up at for Keiji Muto's last match, I think that is very interesting to say the least. Um, just back to Congo versus LIJ before I get too in love with Naito. Uh, for those who didn't watch, well, I'm a mark. I told you. For those who didn't watch last year's um, Noah versus New Japan show, this was a five-on-five match. So basically a 10-man tag, uh, Congo versus LIJs. This time around, we're doing it in singles matches, the kind of way I would prefer it myself. Uh, that's yep. just me. Um, I thought it, it, it had a little bit of everything, so let's just you know start to talk about it and break it down for a little bit. The uh, first match was Ibushi versus Tadusuke. Um, 
I didn't think that I would like this match a lot because when I see Bushi, and it's no disrespect to Bushi because he's got some of the, the dopest gear in the game. I mean, you can't have better entrance gear than uh, Bushi does right now. I just know what the finish is going to be. In this case, no, go ahead. No, and I was just going to say about Bushi, one of the best suicide dives in the game, too. Yeah. But, I, yeah, you're right. you you know what you're getting with him. It's not going to excite you too much. If but it was BSOJ, yeah, if, if it was BSOJ, I think, you know, Bushi's good for, you know, stealing a couple points here and there. You know, it's always going to happen. Tadusuke, I, I I really like just because he he kind of he likes Chris Jericho and you see that oh, yeah. in the ring. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. any, anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, yep. Tadusuke ends up going over uh, the the finish is where uh, my biggest problem with this, and it's probably the reason why I knocked it down uh, a couple of points here. When Bushi hits Tadusuke uh, with the Black Mist, I'm thinking that should be the wrap. You know, yep. Bushi should be st- stealing this literally from uh, the clutches of defeat. Now, all of a sudden, Tadusuke, it can't see, but then magically rolls Bushi up for the win. Okay, I get it. You know, Bushi gets his come up is when she, once he thinks the the fuckery is going to get him the win. But I, I just got a really hard time with the finish. I thought the match itself was pretty good. I gave it three point two five, but the finish I was going to give it three and a half, but the finish was so kind of wonky. I was just like, I can't do it. That's so that, that like I said, that's just me. Yeah, and it almost looked like Bushi like had his shoulder up too. Like it I thought was a so. very yeah, that's strange, executed finish. Um, <clears throat> I'll kind of go a little high. I was probably more like three seven five. I'll go until the finish. I'll go three and a half. Um, I just really like Tadasuke, and I think I agree. I just haven't watched him as much as you because sometimes, like I, you know, I don't watch full shows all the time, <laughs> and sometimes I don't. Like, the Noah Jr. stuff is something I've really been starting to pay more attention to recently. But I had first seen him in the five-on-five last year, and I'm like, this guy's got it going on. And at the time, didn't know that he was such a Chris Jericho apologist. But, yeah, once you know that, it's as clear as day. I mean, from the jacket on the entrance to he does the come on, baby, with the, the foot on the chest pin. Like, I love it. And especially, you know, Jericho's one of my favorites. and. I always love like that. Come on, baby! He was doing that shit in WCW in '98, oh, which when I started watching. So gotcha, I love gotcha. it. Too and, damn funny. And I just think this, you know, because these match had some stakes in the sense that you know faction pride. We want to get the win. Like this did feel like a step up to your average best of the super juniors match. So I thought Bushi brought it a little more than I thought. And I uh, thought Tadasuke was a great opponent for him and yeah, pretty high energy, just good fun match, but agreed. The finish was a little fucky, but uh, yeah, good, good way to kick it off. Just a quick side note. Did you watch uh, Yohei versus El Desperado? I did. Yeah. What did you um, think? I liked this match. A touch. I like this match a touch more. Probably also like three and a half on that one as well. I agree with you. Yohei's a guy. Yohei's a guy. And again, similar. Didn't watch a lot of the juniors before, but I've really liked him over these past couple of months or so that I've been kind of dialed more into that. Um, and yeah, I mean, Desperado is one of my fucking guys. So yeah, it was a, a nice 
contest as well. Now, I know that uh, we both have love for Despy. And I was saying uh, on the last episode that I thought Yohei was someone that could uh, be uh, hanging with Despy. So I just wanted, I was just curious to uh, what you thought about that. Uh, Let's jump back to the Congo LIJ best of five. So at this point, Congo is leading one match to none. So the next matchup would be Hiromu Takahashi, the current IWGP junior heavyweight champion going against Ohara. I was saying this last week that I thought this would be a match that I circled because I think Ohara is one of the more underrated juniors in Noah. And I thought that he would be able to give Hiromu all kinds of fits mission accomplished this was a really good match where it felt like Hiromu was trying to make this more so of a a brawling style of a match you know let's fight with you know kind of the way he and Desperado like to trade off uh, strikes versus Ohara that was really just trying to make this into a submission type of match and try to tie uh, Hiromu into Notch, which he did a couple of times. I I never thought that Hiromu was in any kind of trouble, especially with him being the champion and then him having to come back to New Japan. But I still think they told a hell of a story to where it made Ohara look good, but Hiromu still got the win. So Hiromu Takahashi goes over. I gave it a 3.75. Yeah, I I really like this. And as I talked about last time, wasn't too familiar with O'Hara. Ended up watching, you know, a match or two before this. Um, and yeah, like you had talked about last week, great technical wrestler. And that was on display here. And yeah, and at any, I never really thought Hiromu would lose. But I think O'Hara gave him more than I thought he would. And maybe more than Hiromu thought he would. You know, I think... He came in a little on the cocky side, like you said, trying to dictate. And um, O'Hara's like, nah, this is, I'm, I'm running the show here, bitch. But uh, I thought the crowd really got behind O'Hara a little bit, too. So, uh, yeah, this was really fun. Um, like you said, told a nice story in ring. And uh, I went four stars on it. Um, quite enjoyed this. Um, and I thought, like I said, even though Hiromu was going to win all along, gave you uh, some nice teases. And O'Hara put on a hell of a performance. Yeah, um, for Ohara, when he goes back to Noah, it would it gives me, you know, hope for him in the junior yeah. division to where, you know, he can uh, – what, yeah, what's he – did he hold the title for a second? I think he did hold the title for a second. I could be wrong. I'm but, not sure. I, know he's, <laughs> I think he's won the tag title several times. Yeah, I'm I, I'd say – I don't think he – I don't think so, but I could be wrong. If not, then it gives me hope for him to win it the first time. If he has it, it gives me hope for him winning it the second time. So now you have uh, the series tied at one match apiece. The, uh, dare I say, the rubber match or the swing match, if you will. Very interesting because it comes with a guy that I know uh, my boys at uh, Bam from Ringside um, kind of have a problem with uh, one Sonata just because they, I guess his matches have not been up to quality the way that they remember them to be. I kind of disagree with that a little bit. I just think that sometimes Sonata kind of gets in his own way, and that was my thought coming into this match against Manabu Soya. Um, did not know that they were former tag team partners. I, I love the fact yeah. that, uh, yeah, I was getting ready to say, I'm sure that Brett knew this. Go ahead and talk about them being in those uh, tag team partners. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know too much about it, but I just knew they came up in All Japan together and just, yeah, wanted to give credit to Chris and Kevin. Really, the whole show did a great job, uh, you know, especially if I'm sure there were a lot of people watching this show that don't watch Noah or really know who any of these guys are. Um, so I think they did a great job with that. And yeah, um, this was definitely kind of uh, your All Japan you know, style type of match. So uh, yeah, good stuff. I'll kick it back to you. Um. With this, with, with I'll just say my personal uh, just thoughts with Sonata. I, I like Sonata. Ultimately, I always thought he would be someone that would be a, a mid card champion. You know, when the you know rest in peace, the Intercontinental Championship was around. I thought maybe that would be his ceiling at some point. You know, at least challenge for it. Maybe someday win it. Obviously, he won the U.S. Championship, but then quickly lost it to Will Ospreay after Ospreay cracked his face open. Um, <laughs> I, I shouldn't say that. That's not even That's funny. I, but it's I, just was just, the same, that, just, I was thinking the same. I was thinking after Ospreay broke his face. <laughs> That's what I was. Thinking. Let's just call for what it is. You know, Will <laughs> fucked him up. <laughs> You know, so it's <laughs> at that point, you know, I figured it's like now what's next for Sonata? What's next for Sonata? So in this scenario and a lot of, you know, matches, we always see Sonata miss the, the moonsault off the top after he has the uh, whoever the opponent is in the uh, the cold skull uh, submission. He puts that down, goes up for the moonsault, misses and then, you know, ultimately loses the match in some form or fashion. It's like watching somebody slip on the banana uh, over and over and over again, just, you know, in repetitive, you know, motion. Um, so that's how I thought this match was going to end. Manabu Sawyer does go over, but it's not in that fashion. He just flat out beats Sonata. So Congo goes up two matches to one. I gave this three and a half stars. Good, not great. It, it, what, to me, the biggest thing was it made Sawyer look strong as he's getting ready to go challenge uh, El Hio uh, Day Wagner Jr. for the national championship. I totally forgot that until they said something about that post-match. So something to look forward to kind of down the line. What's your thoughts on the match? Yeah, uh, I like this. I went three seven five. Um, <clears throat> I thought it was, you know, Soy. I thought brought out a different side of Sonata. You know, a little bit more grounded, a little more strike heavy. Um, and you're right. I liked that it wasn't that same old type of finish. And you know, I think it makes sense that hey, these two guys came up together. Soy a little bit more experienced. He's able to to eke the win out. Um, but yeah, I thought, you know, nothing nothing to write home about. I thought it was pretty good action. And really coming into this best of five, we didn't do a predictions. But, you know, of these five on the New Japan side, I think Bushi and Sonata were the most likely to take the L's here. I mean, you got Hiromu. I mean, yeah, like, in New Japan ain't losing this, you know? <laughs> so, so, I'm, I'm thinking mean, the same thing, too. I'm like, yeah. okay, who's sweat? Oh, yeah, Bushi, yeah, that's an L there. <laughs> Sonata, yeah, you tripping, that's an L there. <laughs> this yeah. other one, man, yeah, I don't know. And no, go ahead. The only other one I thought could have been possible was um, Naito Keno. But again, I just they just weren't going to have New Japan lose this, I don't think. But I'm just happy that it's continuing. You know, this is continuing and it all seems to be building towards something. But um, yeah, tough break, Sonata. But yeah, Soya looked good here, um, even though he did end up getting pinned by Wagner in uh, 
on the next night. I yeah, mean, yeah. We'll, the, we'll nice, nice little moonsault off the top. It was sweet. Yeah. Um. So now, like I said, Congo's up two matches to one, but now we have the entree coming out yeah. in the two biggest matches. Are. On the in the two in the series itself, when I heard this was going to be a five match series, immediately I was like, "Okay, you know, I, you would obviously think that the leaders of each side and Kano and Naito were going to meet up." But then I'm like, "Okay, so who else can they put together?" Like Nakajima is that guy. We're trying to, and I'm trying to think about it. And I'm like, "Could they do this in Shingo?" I'm like, "Oh my god!" And I think you said it too. And I'm like, "Oh yeah." I'm like, "Oh man, this could be great." So. Once again, and they had some nice interactions last year. These two, those two pairs, kind of really, you know, they kind of sowed the seeds at this event last year for sure. And real quick, interesting to note, I haven't seen them, but they were talking about the two previous matches between Shingo and Nakajima from right. back in the day. And I guess Nakajima was up 2-0. Correct. So that kind of also, and just with Shingo challenging for the heavyweight title coming up, didn't think he'd take the L, but. Nakajima sure as hell made him earn it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no question about it. I, I believe uh, was Shingo. Yeah, Shingo's KOPW champion coming into the match as well. So something yeah. else to kind of you know, if you were trying to pro- prognosticate who was going to win this, something else to add into the match. I at the point when this came up, I thought for me, I thought Hiromu and Ohara was the best match. And then these two jokers got in the ring, and this was everything I thought was go- it going to be. And then some. Uh, Nakajima's just got some of the stiffest kicks in the game, and oh, the stiffest. I, I wouldn't have a problem with anybody saying, "Look, fine, just don't kick me, Nakajima, please." <laughs> uh, with that being said, I think Shingo is is the perfect match for Nakajima. It's just both are just head-on bulls they go forward and putting them into a match like this is just to me one of the perfect pairings that we had so far i mean i'm not calling it the match of the year but god damn this was really good i gave it four and a quarter stars i wanted to give it four and a half i it just it didn't go long enough for me it it, god forbid it it went like another five minutes because i mean somebody might have died in that joker but no this was the train wreck the car crash that i expected it would be a dead sub Uh, like i said i wanted to give it four and a half i gave it four and a quarter well i did give it four and a half damn it but but i'm generous and i fucking love wrestling no uh yeah this was awesome i mean again like you put it perfectly Two bowls in a china shop gave you everything you'd wanted. And yeah, Nakajima was on offense three quarters of this. Yeah. And I love, you really got to see more of a vulnerable Shingo. I mean, not that he hasn't been in the past against the Okadas and the Ospreys, but I just thought his selling here was even a little more next level because he got kicked in the gut like, Oof. what, five minutes in or so? And like, he was, you know, coughing and having trouble breathing, and I just thought he did a great job selling that. And I can't remember what the move was that turned the tide, but you know, Nakajima seemed to be controlling this the first half, and then it was, you know, your nice back and forth style down the stretch. And like you said, they just pummeled the hell out of each other. And uh, yeah, Nakajima, no worse for wear for take. Yeah, four and a half for me, match of the night. For sure. Okay, I, I I can't disagree with that as much as I wanted the the main event to be the match of the night. 
don't get me wrong, it was really good, but I, I'd have to agree with you on that. I thought Shingo and Nakajima really stood out, and we got to run that shit back against goddamn I don't know how we're yeah. going to do it but just figure this shit out uh, main event obviously <laughs> being the two leaders of the respective factions of Los Ingobernables de Japón in Naito and Congo's leader in Keno um, I know Brett and I talked about this in our ridiculous text thread and we kind of touched on it a little bit Uh I guess, you know, coming into, the, I think we talked about it last week, but not, let's just talk about it now. Uh, I'll speak for myself. I think we could, I can speak for uh, Brett on this. We're, we're both Keno guys. Brett kind of, you know, introduced me to him, and I was just like, oh, okay, shit. This motherfucker don't take no shit. All right. You, and you talk shit. No. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I like you. You can, I can, And I can he's laugh. got a blonde, blonde bowl cut, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> So my introduction to Kano was last year's build to the New Japan Noah show where basically Noah invades the New Japan yeah. show and all I do all I see is this guy in a red suit with blonde hair and he's just talking I, I, I'm watching the Japanese commentary yeah. so I have no idea what he's saying but, but all you can I know, see <laughs> he's just talking Shit. <laughs> and means so it means every single <laughs> word of it. I'm like, what the? F-? So of course, as the Naito mark, I'm like, who the fuck is this motherfucker? What the <laughs> fuck is going on? I'm like, oh man, what's this date? What's the date? bet? Bet? I'm gonna be, I'll be bet. I'll, I'll be there. So <laughs> from that's how I was like, you know, I'm, I'm digging, and you know, what's this Noah? You know, pro wrestling. Yeah. Noah. You so know. let me let me ask you real quick. Please. So if that was your introduction. Have you not seen the Nakajima Keno matches from late 2021? They wrestled in the N1 final, and then they had an hour draw yeah. for both belts. That was my match of the year, 2021. Actually, take that back. Um, the what, draw what, was okay. They they were both title holders, and it was title for Correct. title, and they and it ended in a draw. That was like one of the very first matches I was introduced to, and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah. <laughs> So they went like 20 minutes in the N1 final. Very, okay. I mean, just beat the piss out of each other. But then that hour draws, like, obviously knowing everything coming in and following the rivalry and everything, like, that was just unlike anything I've ever seen for guys to beat each other that viciously for one hour. So I'm like, yeah, that's my match of the year. I can't say anything else about it. But, uh, yeah, anyway, I just wanted to... Uh, see if you had seen those no that, that shit because that obviously that's one of those where i was like you know who are these guys what the fuck's going on you know why are they talking shit on my boy why are we gonna have to stomp these dudes i mean i just don't understand what's this dude's problem so i'm like so i've started to kind of you know dig into it and then you know, of course, I'm just like getting reeled in, watching Kato, watching Nakajima, guys that are, you know, helping me on uh, Twitter or whatever the case may be. You know, you should watch this guy. You should watch that guy. And the next thing you know, I'm subscribing to it. And, you know, I've been basically watching it since. I'm an idiot. You know, I'm just so gullible. I'm, <laughs> this is why I love wrestling. Wrestling is just good. And, and, this is why, and I said it over the text thread between Brett and myself. I was just like, man, look. 
Why are you sending me this? You know I watch too much goddamn wrestling. You just send me this, and I'm going to now all of a sudden be like, you know, how do I watch all Japan wrestling? I guess I could go ahead and Google this shit. And the next thing you know, I'm going to be subbing to that shit, too. And I'm going to never get any sleep, and I work two jobs and got two cats. I got too much other shit going on. I can't watch anything else regularly. Anyway, point being. Here we are. Um, just back I'm to the. Starting to get shra- I'm starting to get shrouded. Then light here again. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, I'm drowned out here. I was about to say, I, I think I see, I hear you, but I think I see you too. Um, just the, the physical match itself, I'm going to give it four stars. I can't go over what I gave Shingo and uh, Nakajima at four and a quarter. Like I said, it was probably the, the third best match of the night. I really, I can't even do that. It's the second best match because I gave it four stars. So I'll stick to it. Four stars for the uh, Kano Naito uh, main event. Yeah, and I had told you I was watching this late at night. Um, so I like had kind of, I didn't doze off, but I was just starting to fade a little bit during this match. But uh, I had gone four and a quarter. I do want to watch it again. Slow start, but yeah, I mean, just having these two motherfuckers going at it was just a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, I thought they built it built it pretty well towards the end. Um, but yeah, just good stuff here, and uh, hopefully, it's not the end yet. Not just yet. I would. I think we would have um, one more to go around. I, I can't see Kano going out like that. Are you kidding me? I mean, there's somehow some way these guys cross paths one more time. I'm not even saying it's, you know, a faction war like we saw this time around, but maybe, you know, individual matches where Kano and Naito match up. One of them has a title. You know, you can do it that way. Maybe Kano, you know, gets his, you know, one-upmanship one up on Naito that way. I, like I said, I agree with you. I love the fact that they're, they're doing it now, and then obviously we're getting ready to talk about uh, Noah here in a second. But uh, I don't, I don't think this is over by any stretch of the imagination. There, there's just, there's too much money to be made. You just guys yeah. gotta fucking figure it out. Yeah, it seemed like last year's event was merely just like the launching off point. You know, it's like, all right, let's get some multi-man tags. Just get the crowd, you know, the New Japan crowd acclimated to who some of these people are, and vice versa. And yeah, like you said, now that it seems like there's more of a commitment from both sides, and we talked last time, like politics, you know, can often get in the way, like who's going to lose, who's going to take the pin, which is going to make that Kaito Okada match very interesting, <laughs> but I've got, I've got some thoughts, but yeah, I think you're right, there's a lot of money to be made here, and um, yeah, I think this is really just the start, and it's hopefully only going to continue to get more and more fruitful, and DDT in the Okada, you know, like what, who the fuck wouldn't want to see a Higuchi Okada match? But Oof. I digress. Oh, Jesus, see, God, I hate you. See, we, we I hate you right now. Um, any other final thoughts on uh, Wrestle Kingdom Day yeah. Two? I think we'll get there when we uh, go over the card for the Muto retirement. Which, how many fucking retirement? Last match bullshit does this old bastard need to have? I mean, come on. <laughs> on that level, though, let's talk some great Buddha uh, retirement. <laughs> 
So I was thinking about you. I wasn't sure which one I wanted to go with, but Ooh, our love like for, for Nakajima was the yeah. one I went with. Uh, it was that or Kato. I wasn't sure, but I was just you like, you know you what? Know I ain't going to complain. Yeah, yeah, I was like, eh, either or is probably good. So I went with Nakajima. Why do you hate Great Mudo? Uh, Great Muda, KG Mudo? I mean, I don't hate. I'm more so having it's, fun. But it's just a, it's an irrational hatred, I'm assuming. Yeah, and I think it stems back to when he won the belt off Joe Shiyazaki. Like, it's like, go had that incredible 400-day run, and this old fuck ends it. And, like, let's be honest. The matches he was having were not good. I get why they did it. You know, he had this retirement plan. You know, it got it allowed him to be one of three at the time, now four guys to win the top championship in NOAA, All Japan, and New Japan. I get it. I'm just fed up with it. It's been going on for too long. I mean, don't get me He's wrong. Like, get this Nakamura, old bastard down in the ring. <laughs> the Nakamura match was fun. This this match with Darby and Sting was fun. The Naito match is going to be great, but it's just been too much, too long. I'm tired of it. Go away. Bye-bye. Great move. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Well, that's good sense when you shitting on it. Let's just go ahead and jump into the main event. You had great mood of Sting and Darby Allen. <laughs> you are funny as hell. Versus Marafuji, Hakira, and Hakushi. Hakushi. I, I totally, and you know, this is why I love commentary and, I, and why commentary I think is so important, especially for people like myself that are just really this last year, the 2022 calendar year was my first year watching Noah for a calendar year. You know, I, that was my first N1, you know, my first in innovations, uh, you know, series watching that, so on and so forth. So, I always need a little help just in case, you know, I might forget A or B. I just don't know. In this case, it's the the former. I totally forgot that uh, Hakushi was in WWE and he oh, wrestled yeah. The Undertaker. I'm like, oh, yeah, I do and remember Brett, that. Multiple matches with Bret Hart as well. One on a pay-per-view, one on a Raw that were both really good. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. And I'm like, okay, now, you know... I, he looked familiar, but I just couldn't, you know, connect the dots. So I was like, okay, cool. Akira. And he still looks pretty good, like in his mid 50s or whatever, and he had those white contacts. Yeah, I dug it. I'll, I'll say this and call it for call it what you wanted. I love the fact that Noah is still letting guys in their 40s, their 50s go out there and just have good ass matches. That was one of the things, like Daiki Inaba just. On a side note, I know he's probably in his mid forties. I'm going to take a guess. He comes out and just bangs. I mean, just comes <laughs> out and just fucks guys up. He might take L's, but damn it, you know when he comes out, it's going to be a match where it's going to be some physicality in it. He's going to take yep. some to give some. I love the fact that he comes out and just lays it out on the table. I love the, watching his matches. To me, this is the same kind of scenario where you have someone in a Hakushi, yeah, where 
once I remembered, oh, this is that guy. I'm like, okay. So now yeah. you have him and Muda, and I'm thinking, these two motherfuckers had matches? Oh, shit. This shit. Okay. Now I'm getting that. You're crazy. Not familiar with Akira. That's just, you know, unfortunately. Yeah, I, wasn't, I wasn't either, but what an interesting looking cat. Yeah, I love the entrance. <laughs> I mean, and that, yeah. to me, that was half the battle is, you know, they made this whole great Muda card, you know, a spectacle. And, you know, yeah. it's, from sure. from start to finish, people that needed their big time entrances got their big time entrances, and I'm I'm totally okay with that. And Muda, you know, took his time, and I ain't mad at you for it, man. This is your this is your show. I love the fact that uh, the fans for Darby Allen, you know, immediately yeah. you know started to clap when you know when his uh, yeah. music started to kick in or whatever. You know, not, nice that nice little uh, show of respect that way. Stings. Oh, I thought Sting was coming out in the old. I'm like, no, 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 I'm like, are we getting Surfer Sting here, motherfucker? I'm like, God <laughs> damn right. This, that this, would have been awesome if we did, but the tease itself was still pretty cool. Surfer Sting was my favorite Sting. I'm a, a huge Ric Flair guy. I, I think he's arguably the greatest wrestler of all time, minus the uh, the crap he's done the last two or three years. But I digress. Um, that was this. The, the few that, you know, put Sting on the map. And, he you know, he, he captured my attention at that point. And I've always loved Surfer Sting. Don't get me wrong. NWO Sting's okay. This Sting's okay. Love the fact that, he, like I said, he's wrestling into his 60s and, and having an amazing time doing it and still putting up quality yeah. shit. So, you yeah. know, I, I always have to, you know, tip my hat to that. I thought we were getting Surfer Sting. I was with you. I heard that shit. I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. This is going to be the shit. When they were showing images of, you know, Sting with Muda back in the day. And yeah. But anyway, it was cool. No, great entrances. I thought the match itself was really centered around two workhorse guys from one on each side. Okuchi on the... I guess the the heel side, quote unquote. I'm like, I can't even call them heels because I mean everybody was just doing all kinds of just heel shit at one point or another. And then uh, Darby Allen on the uh, the Mudo side. I thought Darby, you know, played his part. You know, you, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna have to take some high spots. You're gonna have to you know take some big pops, whatever the case may be. You know, you're gonna be the one that's going to be doing a lot of the bouncing around. And I think Akushi on the other side was that same guy. You know, we're gonna have to yep. bust you open. You know, <laughs> you're gonna take some uh, a, a couple of nasty sp- uh, runs into the barricade on the outside. So I mean, I thought the dichotomy of the match I thought was good. Maybe maybe went a little too long, maybe five minutes too long, but it's Mudo. It's his last match. Do what you need to do, man. I ain't mad at you, man. Uh, at this point, I I give it four stars. Yeah, it was a ton of fun. I, spe- I specifically loved the Japanese crowd reactions for Darby, like you had mentioned, like right when the song came on in the video, like they knew. Like, all right, they knew who this guy was, and they'd seen him before, and he performed incredibly admirably. Like, couldn't have asked for much more. Like you said, he played his role. He bounced around. He took some punishment. He was probably in the match longer than anyone because the other two are combined literally 120 years old, probably. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I loved that. And I hope we see more of Darby in Japan because he's perfect over there. Like, yeah, he's just so awesome. And uh, best of Super Juniors, maybe. I mean, fuck. Yeah, but um, 
Yeah, I lo- specifically loved that he and Mara Fuji were kind of staring each other down before the bell. And then it took a while for them to kind of tangle because I was ready for that. I'm like, oh, shit, these two are going to go at it. And <laughs> it kind of took, took a while to get there, but I thought they had some great exchanges. And, yeah, I mean, it was. I thought Hikushi looked great with the blood. Like, that definitely added to it. Agreed. And, uh yeah, I went three seven five. Uh, I agree. Went a little too long, but yeah, ton of fun. And uh, the Darby thing is definitely what stood out to me the most. Kudos. Um, let's take a step back for a second because I forgot to mention uh, the end of the match against uh, with uh, Naito and Keno. Obviously, that closed oh, yeah. the show. Yeah. Uh, Lij wins the uh, the best uh, five series three to two, and as but Naito these, is, these were back to back nights in the same building too. Correct. I just wanted to note that. Yeah. Correct. So obviously, this is uh, the first night in uh, Yokohama. I believe it was they were at. Um, Naito is getting ready to close the show and. Keiji Muto comes into the ring and lays down the challenge for his last match. Uh, Finally. <laughs> uh, I can't. What's the Keiji date on the- Muto, bye-bye. <laughs> uh, Is that the 21st? That sounds right here. Let me look it up. I believe it is the 21st. Um Which, for those who didn't know, and I was just recently... Uh, you know, d- discovered this myself. Uh, Naito is loves him some Keiji Muto. That is his idol. Yeah. That's the reason why he started wrestling. And now that I kind of think about it, it kind of makes sense. They if if Naito would do more of a uh, more moonsaults, I'm sure he could. You know, I could kind of see it a little more. Neither here nor there. It totally makes sense. And at at that point, if this is truly the last go around for Keiji Muto, it it. It makes there's no better opponent at this point than have Naido be the final match. It is February 21st, and yeah, what a big spot for Naito. Um, you know, kind of people have been wondering like, what's Naito going to do now? Right. It's kind of you know may have had his last shots at the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship last year. You know, he's had his crowning moment at Wrestle Kingdom, but you know, to come out this year with singles matches against Keno, against Shota Umino, and against the great Muda in a Tokyo Dome main event, I'd say Naito's doing just fine. (laughs) That's a a huge spot and a huge match, I mean, just in the scope of Japanese wrestling history. And, yeah, I didn't really know he was – that was his idol and whatnot either. So what a cherry on top. And uh, I'm just glad it's finally his last match. But uh, that card will be sick. I guess do we want to hit on – a couple other matches from this show, and then we'll yeah. Go what, what, that which card. matches you want to talk about? What uh, match do you I want to talk that, about? Pick yeah, one. that eight man, the co-main event, the eight man. Mm-hmm. I thought was probably the either best match or second best match of the night with the main event. I think I went either. I think I might have went four stars on this one, either four or three and three three seven five. But just it was Ehel Del Doctor Wagner Jr. Kaito. Kojima and Segura against Nakajima, Keno, Soya, and Funaki. Just, you know, a lot of fucking bruisers in this one. Um, and just good action, I thought. And, yeah, interesting that Wagner did get the pin over Soya, as we mentioned earlier. 
you know, not often you see a champion pin a challenger in the right. build to a match, but I think that should make Soya even hungrier for when that match does come. Now, I, when I first started to watch uh, Noah, I, obviously Soya stands out for obvious reasons, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you know, he's not, you know, top of the card champion, but he could totally be a mid card champion. I could totally see it, and this yeah. is, you know, with without me knowing that there's, you know, just a national title for Soya to go after. So I'm like, okay, you know, I can could, I could kind of see that. Um, Masa Kitamura, I think, is in that same vein. You know, somebody that I think, you know, presently right now could be in the national uh, title picture hunt. But the fact that he, you know, he, he's in this chase and then got pinned, I was just kind of like, eh, you know, I, this is where, you know, I love Noah, but then sometimes they do things like this. I'm just kind of like, you know, there's kind of, you know, somebody else could get pinned. I don't know. You know, Funaki's yeah. not doing anything right now. You know, you know, I get it. You know, he could tie me up into like a nice little pretzel as I'm talking shit on him. But I mean, it, it just, I'd rather them not go that route. If I agree. If, they, if they're going to have Wagner Jr. win, that's okay. I don't have a problem with who won. I don't have a rooting interest on that. I, I think Congo is my favorite fucking faction to know. And I, I think it's hands down the fact that they they have such depth where you can have them on two shows and just roll them out without a problem. I think is amazing. And uh, you know, I, I think there's something to be said about. It. But yeah, just the booking right there. Just not a huge fan. I went three and a uh, three and three quarter stars, three point seven five, just for that simple fact. Wrong guy got pinned. Yeah, I don't disagree, but it'll like I said, we'll see how Soya comes out for that match, and maybe he's fired up and gets the dub. Um, and then before that, really just wanted to shout out our boy Sonny Ono coming out with, <laughs> with the Ultimo Dragon the match before, which I always love seeing Ultimo Dragon. Like I said, I started watching wrestling in general like late 97 when he was still you know a big deal in WCW, so... Always great nostalgia there, and even more with Sonny Ono, who was just such a great manager in WCW in that time, kind of shepherding along all the Japanese guys. But it was just a nice treat and unexpected to see. Yeah, for sure. That's more so kind of like my point where, you know, they they made it a point to make this card feel big and as as special as humanly possible. Sonny Ono, given that, who did he drop on the outside? I I just, I popped when, you know, somebody came up to say, I was like, oh, shit. I was like, you don't know who you fucking with. He's still up to his old tricks fucking 25 years later. Just as fast as anybody, you better leave them alone. Um, Another match I wanted to kind of touch on real quick because uh, I know that myself was uh, I was impressed with Jack Morris coming into mm. the the end one and you know taking the opening match off of uh, Kaido Kiyomiya basically you know stamping his uh, his presence with authority if you will to the uh, the end one and to Noah uh he now apparently is a part of a nice little faction him uh jack morris jake lee and the returning returning anthony green the glg like brett said the good looking guys they are some pretty boys i can't, I can't stand them already but i do like this faction I, I, i'll admit it you know for those who don't listen to band from ringside i don't know if uh you guys talk about this on uh brain buster boys uh i love factions 
And if you yeah. if you make it to where it makes sense, I, I'm willing to see where this goes. This makes sense. You know, Anthony yeah. Green and uh, Jack Morris came in in last year's N1. You know, like I said, uh, Anthony Green got a, a nice – I can't think of who he beat, but uh, I want to say it was – Kitamura sounds right. He won a couple matches. He probably shouldn't have won. And then, like I said, Jack Morris uh, beat uh, Kato Kitamura off the bat to open up his N uh, one run. So obviously they have connections. You bring in Jake Lee, who has connection now with Jack Morris. So now you running these three guys out. I will be interested to see where this goes because Jake Lee always is like the wild card to me. I don't yeah. know too much about him, but he feels like he of the three, he's the heelish of the bunch. And he at any given point, he can pull out a bag of fuckery and start making things real, real interesting. I'm assuming you are on board with uh, GLG. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we talked a little on text just about, you know, I've seen a handful of Jake Lee matches from all Japan. He and Kento Miyahara, who we'll talk about here shortly, like they were, they've been longtime rivals. Um, and they had a hour draw back in 2021 that I really liked. But yeah, I mean, great. We're going to be watching gonna, that. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to sit here and say he's like a top star right now, but he's, you know, he was pretty much top of the heap right behind Kento in all Japan. So he's, he's got something, I think, you know, I think he struggled to kind of find his character consistently. So mm-hmm. I think GLG is a nice place to start Noah. And I would expect him to be presented, you know, pretty high up on the card as uh, things kind of get going. So uh, yeah, I think it's great for green and Morris to be attached to him. I, I thought he was going to be a guy that went to new Japan. Um, so yeah, I'm happy to see him in Noah cause I think Noah can use him more and yeah, it'll be interesting to see, uh, what the future holds for this group, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Okay. Interesting. Uh, just want to couple touch on a couple more matches. Uh, the women's match, uh, I want to touch on oh, yeah. before yeah. I, I even forget about it because obviously this was a uh, historic in the sense that this was the first women's yeah. match, uh, in Noah history. Um, Jungle uh, Kiona coming back is another uh, footnote to this. Um, I think she had ACL, MCL. Uh, she tore up her knee pretty good, where it was even thought that when I watched uh, Stardom going uh, – back to where she was the leader of uh, Jan, and then they turned into uh, Tokyo Cyber Squad. Um, I always thought that Jungle was really underrated, just, you know, felt like she just needed a chance, couldn't ever get over the the hump to be the uh, white belt champion, and then, you know, unfortunately she had this knee injury, and for a while there, there was thoughts that she wasn't going to come back. Maybe she didn't want to come back. So it was good to see her back in this match. Um, just general thoughts on the women's match. Yeah, I really liked it. And I just in general love that these companies are now in starting to integrate women in as well. I mean, obviously the tradition in Japan has largely been, you've got your women's companies and your men's companies and DDT's one one of the few that really kind of mixes them together. Um, so just happy to see that expansion happening. And uh, yeah, like I told you, Jungle was the only one I was even familiar with and hadn't even, I don't think I'd even seen a match of hers because I kind of came into stardom after her injury. 
And yeah, none of the others I'd seen before. I, you had mentioned that Maya Yukihi is in the Triangle Derby in Stardom, which I've now watched at one of those matches, and she looks pretty good. <laughs> and does, uh, <laughs> Natsu, and the one spot I'm just, <laughs> we got to talk about say. <laughs> is what uh, the fucking Stewart and Mark got. I love those guys so much. Yes, they called it a Bronco Buster, right? But Natsu was really just uh, <laughs> riding whomever's face very viciously. I was turned on, very viciously turned on. But Stewart and Mark, I can't even remember their reaction, but it was fucking brilliant. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you were going to say that because as soon as she did it, I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to talk about this. I know it. I know it. <laughs> It was so good. Natsu, uh, for those who don't know, uh, she was a part of Odeo Tai when uh, it started, when I first started to watch. And she always felt like the, the comedic relief of, of Odeo Tai. Odeo Tai doesn't give a shit anyway, but she always really stood out as someone that just really didn't care and just kind of did what she wanted to do. And obviously the quote-unquote Bronco Buster is something that is, you know, one of her staples in uh, her in-ring. So that is a something. Does she do it like that always? All the time. Okay. Love it. Okay. Love it. That's that's her thing. So when she did that, I was kind of like, oh, I miss you, Natsu. You know, when are you coming back to startup? Damn it. Somebody figured this shit out. So, yeah. Um, yeah, in that sense, I definitely wanted to touch on the fact that, uh, we had history in the making there, and I'm with you on this one. I don't care how they figure it out. Um, I would love to see more women's matches, even if it's just the one. I, th- I can't. I don't know what the time was on the match. I f- it feels like it was at least ten minutes, and if that if it was ten minutes, I'm totally good through it. But that. 1346. I got it up right here. Okay, how about that? Perf- more than twice the time Kyrie and uh, Tam got at Wrestle Kingdom. You had. You, yes. We don't need to get back there. <laughs> I was about to say you just had to kick me in the balls, didn't you, Jake? Um, so yeah, in that scenario, obviously Noah gave uh, the the women more time, and I, I think this is the result of you had a match where people are now starting to at least come away looking for more. Uh, Jungle said some uh, interesting comments post match, maybe hinting that possibly having a women's uh, championship in Noah. So, you know, knock on wood, something like that will come across. The last thing I wanted to talk about, and this is an uh, an angle that has been just kind of weird to me because you have three guys that seemingly shouldn't get along. It's the classic, you know, it feels like it's an old WWE uh, gimmick. You know, here's three guys that have nothing to do with each other, basically hate each other, and now we've paired them together and given them the junior tag team championship. So now let's watch the chaos ensue. Nosawa, uh, Ogawa, and Ida are essentially a, a faction of some sort. For those who don't know, Ida and Nosawa were part of Peros Del Mall. They're uh, a, a spinoff faction from um, Mexico that came over in Japan. This is the Japanese spinoff and they had many, many matches against Ogawa, who is the leader, was the leader, I guess. I don't know what's going on with Stinger. 
So <laughs> somehow they these three have patched things up, I guess, even though there's, you know, they've had some, you know, miscues in the ring where one kicks the other. No, Nosawa has been the the peacemaker in this, which if you if you watch Noah regularly, this is this is not who is, should be the peacemaker of anything. This thing feels like it's ready to implode at any point, and then all of a sudden, here they all on the same page. They get DQ'd. Poor Junta Miyawaki gets his hair cut. You know, Nosawa is just going, just basically just running amok. Alejandro gets his mask, mask taken. again. <laughs> that poor bastard. Every time I. He's he's like the bushy of Noah to me. Every time I come out, I'm like, man, don't take this mask yeah. off of this dude, please. Damn it! How many times this dude has to be unmasked? Stop! I mean, he was unmasked for a hot minute to where he had to run up to throwing up the yeah. ramp so people couldn't see who he was because Nosawa, Ita, and Ogawa were basically handling anybody and everybody that tried to cover him up. It was the first side that now this three-man group, whatever you want to call them, actually made a little sense. Any, th- any more additional thoughts on this uh, match itself or the uh, the faction of Ogawa, Ida, and uh, Nosawa? Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I thought it was. I don't. I didn't know too much about the history here, but uh, yeah, I'm definitely intrigued because uh, it's definitely an interesting trivia, to say the least. I'm, I'm uh, figuring at some point. Um, sure, and uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I'm 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 good. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm sure at this point now with, uh, I guess it's, I don't know who is even the the tag title, uh, the junior tag champs at this point. I think it's Ita and Ogawa. I think they've all like had the belts at different points. So I feel like it's almost a freebird rule. I guess my point with the this, and then we can talk about the spinoff matches from this great Muda card. Um, they're going to have to put up the belts at this point. I mean, you just can't be running around here cutting people's hair and <laughs> unmasking Alejandro again for the 863rd time. I mean, you know, repercussions have to be made. I mean, poor Alejandro. That, that's going to be my, yeah. my dog I'm rooting for all year long. I don't know how he needs to get a title, but he needs to get a title and no more, no longer get masked for, unmasked for the rest of the year. Those are my two wishes for Alejandro in 2023. I'm um, with you. Some spinoff matches from this card. Obviously, we talked about the biggest one, and we can touch on it a little more here. Uh, Kaito Kiyomiya and uh, Okada was officially announced on this great Muda card. Um, once again, I'm, I'm assuming this is going to be more of Okada working this up to uh, to make me more of an A feverish lather but Okada has basically said that he is not interested in this match and he doesn't want yeah. to work this match so of course yeah. the instant mark is me in me is like you know come on man don't do don't do this man let's just let's just play ball you know we, we got we got this nice little field out here we got this bad you know here's a ball you know we're all out here ready to play you, you know we need a pitcher you know come on out I'm, I'm assuming that this is more of a work to Build yeah. the the tension for this match. I'm assuming you're agreeing with me. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely. can come off the ledge. 
Yeah. I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see how this is booked. Right. Because as we said earlier, you got two world champions here. Neither title's on the line. We're just, this is bragging rights. Yeah. So my thought, I think what makes the most sense is a disqualification Mm -hmm. where one of the two, maybe it's Kaito, ruthlessly beating Okada to a pulp till the point where the match just has to be thrown out. I mean, you could go either way on it, but it would probably be more interesting if it's Okada is the one kind of left bloodied and beaten. You know, I think it would be at least because you finally get the tide turned a little bit. Um, but yeah, what do you think's going to happen here? I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's just tough for me to see someone winning this cleanly right now. I honestly, I hadn't even really given it too much thought it, because I knew, you know, we, we were talking about when we're going to do this. And even when we came up with, you know, let's do it on Saturday or whatever. I, I still didn't even really think about how you were going to, you know, what the finish of this match is. But I, I agree with you. It it feels like it should be some sort of non-finish outside interference. Okada goes ape shit. Then Kaito, you know, gets the best of him, like you said, leaves him battered and bloody. If you can't go that route, that would, to me, if I, if I had the pencil, like we say on BFR, I would love to see, you know, Okada, you know, somehow this gets disqualified. He hits Kaito with a chair or something like that. Referee sees it. And then Kaito, you know, takes a little bit of a beating, you know, fights from underneath. And all of a sudden, you know, maybe some sort of like drop kick to the leg, you know, Okada goes down and Kaito, you know, just, just ruthlessly, like you said, just beats him down, brings like a table from underneath, whatever, you know, double stomp on the table, some shit like that, you know, however you want to do it. But ultimately Kaito, I feel like he has to, he has to come out of here looking better than what he is right now. He has the most to lose. Okada doesn't have anything to lose. I don't care what he says, you know, you know, it doesn't make sense, you know, to have this match. I mean, yeah, it does, man. We all getting ready to get paid and I'm getting ready to get high as hell to watch this shit. Um, (laughs) Everybody wins. Um, Uh, You're right. So in this scenario, like I said, Okada, if, if even if, you know, let's just say for devil's advocate, they did it where, Kaito won clean. It doesn't hurt Okada. Okay, no, it's a non-title so. match, and you know it elevates Kaito. They can have a rubber match next year. It's more so a reason for them to do business. I just think, however it, however it happens, whether it's Kaito clean or you know it's a dirty finish, and then Kaito you know beats Okada down afterwards. Kaito's got to look better than he than where he is right now. He has to look stronger coming out of this, is, I guess, better choice of words. Yeah, totally agree. Um, it's going to be fascinating. Uh, yeah. I can't wait. And, yeah, just the build over these next, what, three weeks or whatever uh, will be interesting. Because, yeah, I mean, I think that Okada's comments is all just playing into this. So, uh, say, stop yeah, playing with me, dog. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> and we already talked about Muto and Naito. Uh, I don't know. It's a long card. I don't know if we'd want to run through it all, but what are some of the other, uh, like we got, uh, I don't have it up, but Hiromu against Amakusa, the two junior champs. So that'll definitely be a lot of fun. Yeah, that was the other one I really wanted to talk about. I don't don't have it up either. And 
those were basically the big ones that I wanted to talk about. I'm sure that there's other, you know, smaller, interesting, uh, you know, people in matches. But to me, those were the ones that really stood out. Uh, Hiromu, uh, obviously just getting the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship back. Um, obviously has a, a date with Yo first before we even get to this point. So... Uh, early on, I you know I know you had, had talked about the fact that um, what can Hiromu do on this run? What what can separate him from the the other four that he's had so far? It's crazy that he's had five this title five times. Um, what can be different? And now it feels like once again that reset at uh, New Japan, uh, New Japan or New York Year's Dash for New Japan. And then at uh, the first whatever, uh, what's the, uh, the the New Year's Day card called for uh, Noah? I think it's just called the New Year. Okay, basically that's yeah. their reset too. It's interesting that they, you know, both of their resets have now connected to where we're having, you know, Kaito versus Okada. You got Hiromu versus Amasuka. You know, where it's now an it feels more and more like an inner uh, promotional uh, card again. I'm wearing yeah. the the Forbidden Door shirt from the, the one obviously here in well, not here in Chicago, but up in Chicago. I live in <laughs> St. Louis, um, and that's what I was thinking about. You know, which shirt did I want to wear? Because I, you know, I didn't want to wear anything WWE related. And I was like, which shirt did I want to wear? And I'm looking through the, the closet or whatever. And I was like, <gasps> Forbidden Door. And I was like, yeah, kids and I'm thinking about it. This is kind of their <laughs> own Forbidden Door, and it's you know, sure. and it it feels like you know this is good business, obviously. And you know, a as long as everybody can play nice, b fans, you know, win out of this because these are matches that you didn't think we would even remotely get, and now we're getting them, and c if as long as they can keep this moving forward, this is something that can be really big in like let's just say like five years. You know what I'm saying? You could have like yep. this in like somewhere in the middle of the year. You know, the, a Noah versus New Japan in the middle of the year, something like that. If you know, if this is where they want to keep it, I'm cool with that too. You know, we could always figure it out. <laughs> but no, I think ultimately, as fingers crossed, as long as we can keep. New Japan and Noah together. I think this is going to be, you know, something amazing to watch, and I can't wait to see what's next. No doubt. And also, talking Forbidden Door, we've got some TJPW on that card. We've got some Dragon Gate. We've got some DDT. And we've got some All Japan. So what better way to segue? Because I'll just at least mention that match, because two of the guys are in this match that are in the match we're going to talk about, and it's Kento Miyahara, Suwama, and Yuma Aoyagi versus Keno, Nakajima, and Madabu Soya. So that should be a ton of fun. And uh, let's talk about this fucking tag match, shall we? Please. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead and set it up because, I mean, you dropped this into my lap. and I'm at work when uh, he's texting this to me. So I'm just like, yeah, you know, of course I want to watch a wrestling match. Yeah. 9.67. It happened on, I guess it was the 22nd of January, and it's <clears throat> Kento Miyahara and Takuya Nomura against Yuma Aoyagi and Naoya Nomura. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I noticed on Cage Match it had a ridiculous high rating. I'm familiar with all four. Ta all Japan has always done these big main event tags so well, even back, back to the 90s. That was their bread and butter. 
Um, and yeah, I think it's a, sitting at a 9.61 on cage match, which is like 51st of all time, which I'm not going to say it's that good. But uh, yeah, I'd say it definitely delivered. And uh, yeah, I think it went like 22 and a half minutes. And yeah, just an incredibly well-structured, brutal fight. And uh, looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Okay, just so I have the have it right, because unfortunately, one of my first notes about this at the very top, you know, there's no commentary. So unfortunately, if you're jumping in (laughs) to write this like I am, you know, you know, have after having some drinks at the bar, you know, you're coming in and you're just like, okay, who's who again? (laughs) And you're Googling. It's like, okay, what's this guy look like? I'm like, this is taking way too long. So, you know, I I wanted to watch the match. I'm sorry. I'm just, you know, at this point I was like, I was thinking about, you know, coming up the stairs. I'm like, Ooh, I got something to watch, you know, fed the cats real quick so you know you know you jokers get out the way so i can watch this thing um that was the first thing that came out and then there was no graphic behind it to kind of re even if it wasn't you know commentary there you know sometimes even you know new japan does it noah does it you know even if you don't know who these people are the graphic comes up and you can see the picture and the name next to it so (laughs) i'm like okay are you going can I get that? You know, maybe I could pause it really quick so I could get the face to, you know, with the name. And they didn't do that. Outside of that, that's just, you know, me being nitpicky about the match itself. The one other question I want to ask is who's the guy that had real blood on the, uh, the side of his, uh, his gear. Yeah. That's Naoya Nomura. Okay. That, and Takuya was the just short black tight. Okay, and I I don't know if they're brothers or related. I really don't know. They're both. I saw they're both twenty nine, so they're probably not twins. I guess they could. I don't know the relation, but uh, yeah, that that is who that was. Okay, that's because I was just like, because ah, he was really starting to stand out in certain spots. I'm like, yeah. who the fuck is this dude? Okay. Yeah. So I'm just gonna call him real blood for this scenario, so that yeah. way it just keeps it, you know. And there's two Nomuras. Yeah, so yeah it's just it just makes it a little easier for me. The first um, real note I have is that real blood gets thrown into the rail and it gets kicked. I mean, immediately he hits the rail and it, like within seconds, it's like boom, boom. I'm like, God bless America. Um, yeah. Kento blocking the. Uh, the submission, I rarely see where it's like physically you have someone in the ring where I'm blocking you from, you know, you're going to have to come through me to break through the submission. Uh, Real Blood had the submission on uh, someone else. I can't think of who it was at the time. Um, Takuya. Yes. Let's call the other no more a Takuya. Takuya. Okay. Um, the Kento headbutt on um, not on uh, Real Blood. On, uh, on Yuma, Yuma? Oh, yeah. Yuma definitely were the focal point. And like I said, Kento, current champ, six times, I think. Definitely the ace of the company. And Yuma is kind of that up-and-coming guy who, prior to this match, had never had a pinfall on Kento. So that obviously made, not to jump ahead, but the finish that big of a deal. Um, so, yeah, there's kind of a little context there. Okay, that headbutt was... As it was really, really stiff, and it like obviously it got my attention because I wrote that shit down drunkenly as hell. Um, <laughs> Real blood with the hot tag to me. Um, he reminded me of Ishii with uh, kind of like the 
the I guess forearm strikes. It was like boom, boom, kind of like the way yeah. uh, Shingo does, same way. Um, Takura reminded me of Nakajima in return when he was returned uh, with kicks and in, in, yep. in that fashion. And I was like, that was kind of interesting to the fact that I was just like, oh, this reminds me of this person, reminds me of that person. Um, there was a real blood submission on uh, Takura that was, I, I couldn't even describe it even if I wanted to. All I know is I wrote it down and it was a pretty nasty looking submission. I was like, oh man, is this going to be the finish? No way this is the finish. But it, it was effective enough to where it had me question whether or not this was going to be the finish or not. Uh, Takura with a nice German uh, suplex. Um, there was a, a, I guess, I don't want to call it a botch, but um, I guess Real Blood and um, Takura, I guess, had some sort of mishap. I guess I would have to go back and watch the match. Um, well, it just it looked weird, and I just, and I wrote it, yeah. I, clearly I wrote it down for a reason. Um, realistically, just, I wrote down like eight, nine more other things. Where I'm going with is this. For somebody that just got dropped into this match and not knowing who anybody was, I have 5, 10, 15, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 notes on a match that I've never seen before in my freaking life, okay? And I came away from this thinking to myself, you know what? I really don't have to want to start watching All Japan, but God damn, this shit was good, you know? Yeah. And now that you said that this Yuma kid pinned uh kento uh, miyahara and yeah. kento's supposed to be the man and yuma's on the way up now i want to see what's Pretty next yeah, yeah. Now, now i want to see what's next and that's yeah. how they get you <laughs> <laughs> and and yes, there i mean the two nomura's def it was kind of segmented a lot where it was the two real blood and takuya and then kento and yuma for the majority obviously there was some mixing up but yeah the, the last few minutes so many near falls. I think Yuma had a nice like choke, like a guillotine type mm, choke on yeah. for quite a while that you thought he might tap. I thought he was turning um, purple at that point. At a certain point, I was like, "Ooh, uh oh, hang on." And so <laughs> it, it's like essentially what are V triggers, but he's got some brutal flying knees. Um, and then yeah, just there were some roll ups that got some really big near falls, and then yeah, Yuma, it's like a version of like a fisherman buster as it's finished but he hit it and uh kento kicked out and then he yep. just went right back to it and got the pin and uh yeah just 22 and a half minute war and what i did like is you know the production here isn't as high as your new japan or noah but i actually nope. liked how they had the wide angle shot quite a lot because mm -hmm. There was so much action and brawling going on outside that you could really kind of get that whole picture um but yeah, this was a badass match. And like I told you, like all Japan, you know, ever since 2000 has kind of been a sinking ship. I mean, ever really when Misawa and everyone left to start Noah, it's, you know, they're obviously, they've got talent. And right. But it's not my biggest interest for sure. And like I told you, like I watched a handful of matches last year, but yeah, I'll definitely be a, uh, keeping my eyes open and I'm sure we'll get a Yuma Kento match at some point. So we'll kind of just follow this uh, <laughs> as needed, but clearly they've got, that's the thing. Like outside of these four guys, there's not really a ton to write home about like Suwama who's on that Noah. Show, 
with Yuma and Kenta. Like, he's an old veteran. He's been around forever. Right. I mean, he's like a seven or eight time champ. But, like, he could still he could still work and fight. But, like, he's not someone that's going to get you excited. So, but, hey, at least you've dipped your toe in. And uh, what do you give a – do you have a rating for the match? I'm not, I'm not going to go out of, like, ten stars. I, did, I mean, that's just, that's just getting out of hand. <laughs> I mean, damn it. I'm, I'm going to keep it simple uh, and keep it with five stars. I, I would give it at least a four and a half. I mean, it was – really really good yeah. you know to the point like i said i wanted i don't know who these half these guys are but i want to see what's the next god damn it yeah. you know that to me is the signal where i'm just like fuck man you know that shit was really fucking good you know i had to smoke yeah. a cigarette afterwards like man i, I want to see what's next dude what the fuck it's like three in the morning and shit you know i'm all yeah. wired now i'm like god damn it now i can't sleep you know that's some shit so yeah it was it was good you know and uh just something that before we move into uh Stardom in the, the preview of their 12th anniversary show. Um, that's something I wanted to do, and I said this to uh, Brett in our text thread, because for me, it gives me a chance to, uh, to, to to see matches and see people that I haven't had a chance to see. And, you know, it gets, you know, just hopefully to educate everybody, so not just me, those who listen, you haven't, don't know these matches. This is something to, you know, look forward out, look forward to. You know, dropping in a, a, an occasional homework assignment, so to speak. You know, we're going to talk about this. You know, we're going to watch this match, come back, and, you know, the next time we do the pod and talk about it, you know, I, I threw out, because obviously I like New Japan, when Dominion comes up, I want to go back and watch, like, a Dominion card from this year or whatever the case may be and just look back, look back at uh, how things were in this time and, and, you know, appreciate it for what it is. So every now and then you might get a, a little homework assignment if you like to follow along with that um in this scenario brett just dropped this one in my lap and this was uh literally yesterday i'm like hey do you want to watch this real quick before we record tomorrow yeah and i had like a and i had a bunch of other shit i needed to catch up on too but i'm like yeah i can't not watch this match and uh I figured you'd be intrigued, and I hadn't seen it at the time but i'm like i'd be surprised if this doesn't deliver and i went for four and three quarters. My buddy Azar, who also watched it, went five. I'm like, I could see myself maybe doing that on a rewatch, but uh, it was amazing. No, yeah, it, just it, yeah, yeah it I'm was glad just, you enjoyed it. No, I, I'm glad. Thank you for not being a uh, a dick and, and keeping that shit to yourself, because I'd have been really, really pissed off if you did. <laughs> um, let's talk a little stardom, shall we? Yeah. Did you want to open with the pre... Oh, I forgot. No, go ahead. Uh, what, what do you want to talk about? Because I, I wanted to obviously the the twelfth anniversary I wasn't show. Ready. I, I know I, I threw you a curveball, but that's okay. <laughs> I was say I wasn't sure which way I wanted to go with it, but Hana is one of those uh, talents that I always think about. What, it's the big what if game. You know, what if she was still here? Obviously, Julia winning the red belt at the time of her unfortunate passing. Hana and uh, uh, Julia were really getting ready to have I thought would be an amazing feud that would be carrying stardom into the next five or ten years and obviously that didn't happen so I always had the what if thought when it came to Hana so for my turn 
hosting the pod this week. I wanted to go with Hanukkah as the stardom theme. And then, like I said, obviously that would change too. It probably, I don't want it to change, but I want to keep, you know, a tradition going and we'll do it as such. Um, no, talk about the the two four show. Um, that's, I, I have the the card written down, but if there's something in particular that you wanted to talk about, let's start with that. Well, first, I just want to say Hannah is someone I haven't really seen a ton of because, again, her unfortunate passing happened really before I got into stardom. So that could be some homework for me is to go back and watch some more of that. But. No, I just wanted to see, do we want to touch on any, like, Triangle Derby stuff? Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, I was going to say, I want to I at least preview 2-4 because I think that's the, the, at least a little more important. And then let's yeah. jump back to Triangle Derby Sounds because good. I just want to, I want to at least, you know, have a discussion on it, your thoughts on the, the concept in general. And, and I've kind of just been, like, picking and choosing matches here or there, but I think I've seen at least some from every show. Maybe not one nine, maybe the only one, but anyway. Doesn't yeah, matter. Do you, if you, do you have the card pulled up? Uh, actually, like I said, I have it written down. Um, let's just start. Right. Let's just start at the top. We'll, we'll go with the aforementioned uh, Julia, who is now the uh, Red Belt champion. Um, her first defense will come against one Suzu Suzuki. Suzu came out and challenged. Uh, Julia, after I believe it, yes, it was. It was a uh, DDM uh, triangle match loss, I believe it was. Um, and uh, surprisingly, Suzu came out and threw the gauntlet down to be the first challenger to Julia. Um, I'll kind of speak on it first. Then, obviously, I know you have thoughts on this as well. I was when I saw prominence. I guess it feels like almost a year ago, they came out of the blue and confronted Julia in the ring, and I was watching this on YouTube, and all of a sudden I'm seeing you know a bunch of women you know coming out after Julia. You know some of DDM came out. They were getting stomped out too. You know. I'm seeing this, you know, little woman dragging out, you know, Julia. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Who the fuck are these women? Why the fuck? Why she got scissors? Why she getting ready to stab Julia with scissors? This is, I mean, I have been waiting for this. It feels like for a calendar year because I, I, I can, I, I'll speak on this myself. I wasn't sure the contract status of prominence as a group. I yeah. knew that they that they were running through their contract. I don't know if their contract's going through this year. I'll let you speak on it in a second. But for me, like I said, I've been waiting for this for a, basically a year. Like I said, when this I saw them, you know, kind of dropped in my lap this time last year to this point. Julia versus Suzu Suzuki, at least for me, makes sense. Expand on it, if you will. Talk about your girl and it's her first title defense. Yeah, and I'll take it at a different angle than okay. you. Um, let's talk about that match they had on the final night of the five-star Grand Prix, mm. um, which was an unbelievable match. And that's when I, I knew that Julia came up with an ice ribbon, and I'd known that these two had like some history, but not the level that it really was until I saw both. Julia was basically crying walking down to the ring. And it's like, talk about emotion right there. Holy shit. And uh, they went to war. 
15 minute draw. It was unbelievable. Beat the shit out of each other. So from that moment, that's when I'm like, I want to see this again and couldn't have been happier to see Suzu as the first challenger because, hey, Julia didn't beat her the last time. And yeah, I absolutely loved that match and can't wait to see it again for the title. And I imagine it'll be another emotional affair and another affair where they beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, couldn't be happier about this for a first title offense. I am locked in and ready to go. Um, yeah, I'm guessing they'll get more than 15 minutes here because that was like a straight sprint, too. Yeah. Um, the good and yeah, bad part the, about Five Star, uh, you get the matches, but it's yeah. it's going to be quick. You know, don't, don't look away. Go pee first and then come back and watch the match. Yeah. But, yeah, I've loved Prominence since they came in as well. Risa, Sarah, and uh, Suzu were both awesome in the whole uh, five-star. And I've said it, Suzu is my favorite female wrestler of 22 that I had never seen before last year, if that makes sense. Yes. So, yes. yeah, she's she's amazing. And I want to see some – I'm not a big deathmatch guy, but I know that's what a lot of Prominence is. And, I mean – you can see the scars all over her and Risa Sarah. I'd be curious to see some of her deathmatch shit because she is a spark plug. And uh, yeah, I can't. I'm just so excited about this. No, it, it <laughs> should be an amazing main event. Uh, and like I said, for me, this has been a year in the making. Speaking of uh, in the making, let's talk about the white belt championship. Saya uh, Kamatini, uh, for my money, um, I know Sherry was the Red Belt champion just as long, but for me, the Saya Kamatini journey really enthralled me to the point where I felt like she was Stardom's Wrestler of the Year. I, I know I will take shit for it. I don't care. When you're getting to this point, the story that was told, where I, where I remember her first walking in the door to where she is now, this transformation blows my mind. This mm-hmm. string of matches that she's had, and now obviously she has tied Momo Watanabe's record of 13 straight white belt uh, title defenses. I think that adds only to how much A, stardom trusts her, Rossi, if you will. I'll just say stardom. But B, how much she's grown as a character and in the ring itself. Yep. Okay. You know, for now at this point, this is the this is her mountaintop. Okay, even though she had the match against Kyrie, this is it. This is the, her Mount Everest, if you will. Momo Watanabe got called out by Saya uh, Kamatini. <clears throat> Momo has answered the call. So now, in the semi-main event, you have Momo versus Saya for the White Belt Championship, <laughs> and to break the record, and to break the record. Which- I love that fact. If she wins, she breaks the record. If she loses, she loses to the person that is the the record holder and loses the title. It's the exact scenario that Okada had against Tanahashi at Dontaku 2018, where he was fighting him to break Tana's defense record. I think it was 11 or 12 at that point. But uh, yeah, absolutely love this. And as she started to rack up the defenses, I was hoping this was the route they were headed. Me you too. Know, having her beat or maybe fall to Momo for that record, I think it's perfect. She hasn't, I don't believe, defended against her throughout this entire reign. She hasn't. I mean, now Momo is. Well, I think of, maybe once. Of, I think maybe once. Did she? 
I think. Don't quote me on that. Yeah, I can't remember if she did or not. But anyway, it feels fresh. The stakes are even greater here. Um, yeah, I can't wait. And yeah, everything you said about Zaya is correct. I mean, Julie, it was my stardom wrestler, the unbelievable year. Um, I mean, all the title defenses, so many great matches. And she was someone I hadn't really seen a ton of before she won the white belt, you know, end of the year 2021. Like, I'd only seen kind of a handful of matches. So everything I've seen, she's been fucking awesome. I mean, the misstep on the Miss Phoenix splash hop on uh, fucking Mina aside. That's kind of the only thing. But, uh, yeah, she's had a hell of a run. And uh, who do you think wins this? I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to pick Momo. I think it's too long since she's kind of been in the spotlight. And, I mean, she's someone that's fucking been a huge main event player since she was, like, 20. And she's only 22. So, uh, I'm going to pick Momo. But uh, I think this could really go either way. But, yeah, I'll be curious to hear what you think. Um, Momo is uh, it was one I I didn't, and that's one part of the reason why I wanted to go back is I want to see her, EO, Tony Storm, you know, a lot of people that, you know, or entered the doors of stardom. I want to, you know, always go back and, you know, check that out as well. Um, didn't get a chance to see her white belt run, but always curious to see, you know, Man. how this unfolded, you know, what the story was, how they told the story. Um, I always thought that it always felt like Momo it has never really been utilized good enough, well enough, however you want to phrase it. Always felt like there's, you know, something's been missing. Never had a red belt run. Hasn't had a white belt run since this, you know, historic run she just had. So I've always kind of been like, you know, something's been missing. She flipped heels. So that was exciting. But now it's kind of like it's coming back down to earth again. So I'm, I'm feeling like this is you know, the next big fork in the road. My gut tells me Saya, so I'm just going to stick to it. If Momo yep. wins, I will, I would not be mad because at least it, you know, it frees Saya up to go after Julia if that's the route they wanted to go. But Momo, I think, has just been so underutilized to the point where I'm just kind of, now I'm losing, you know, interest in her as a heel. Yeah. You know, that's just No, me. that's kind of the route I'm thinking as well is like she needs this to kind of re-legitimize her and yeah i've enjoyed her heel run but it's like it's kind of stagnated yes. you know yeah they were the, they were the artist champs i don't think her and starlight kid ever won or no maybe they did they just did. win the actual tag belt they yeah did. they did so they've been able to do that but yeah like from a single standpoint right she hasn't really had any real success i mean she kind of struggled out of the gate in the five star um so, yeah, that's kind of where I'm leaning towards. But, I yeah, I mean, say, it is. I don't think she was much of a threat in the, the Cinderella uh, yeah. tournament that uh, Mirai won. So, I mean, you know. And she's kind of been getting gotten a new look, like with the ponytail as opposed to the longer hair, you know. I, I, it's going to be going to be fun. It's, uh, I imagine we'll see a different side of Momo here than we've seen, you know, in the last year. Yeah. I think uh, – I think she's going to step it up and be ready to go. But yeah, these two matches on the top of the card, holy shit. It's, uh, it's going to be awesome. And, uh, as you kind of introduce the next one, I got to run 
my buddies here. I got to just give them something. So if you just want to kind of set up the next one for the next minute or so, and then I'll come in and don't you worry in. about it. I can fill a buster with the best of Oh, I, I know you can. I'll be right back. <laughs> Do you think, um, other matches I want to talk about, uh, the tag titles, the goddess stardom, uh, tag team titles will be on the line. You have, uh, Micah and Himika versus you and Nene Takahashi, uh, Nene Takahashi and you are the tag team champions. They won the goddesses, uh, tournament to secure the, the right to face. I believe it was, uh, Kojima and Hazuki for the titles and obviously they won them and now this is one of their biggest defenses to date um, Micah and Himika obviously from uh, the DDM faction it almost feels like this is you know their fork in the road I've said on occasion on Twitter or you know I'm sure Brett and I have talked about this on our text thread at, a, at different points uh, Himika and Micah feel a, a, like a couple of underutilized talents. They've had, you know, a little push here and there separately, but neither one have been able to topple the mountain. Uh, Himika on the white belt side, Micah on the red belt side. So it almost feels like this is their chance to to go over a couple of veterans that that feel like they've been built up to the point where it would be hard for it would take someone a team someone that that is good enough formidable enough if you will to take down the current champions um I'll be honest I as long as we're picking I, I'm we're making some uh predictions I'll I'll just say that it, the you and Takahashi, I think, are really strong champions, and they've been built up to be as such. But ultimately, I think stardom is going to not. I won't say do the right thing. I just think this is just a smart way to book it. Um, this is the time that I feel like it's Himika and uh, Micah's time to be the tag team champions. It, they they they've been around long enough to where you I know it's, it's time to where you know throw them a bone for a lack of a better term and give them a, a turn at the tag titles. That's just me. You know you know how much I love Himeka for sure. She's my girl. And yeah, these two are awesome. I think I know they've been tag champs before, right? But it's been a minute, and I think they've both they both had an awesome year last year. Um, yeah, you and Takahashi's are win. In over Meltier was really good and yeah. frankly a little unexpected. No, um, didn't see. It. I did not expect that. But yeah, I kind of could see them as just transitional champs here. Um, but I mean, if they win, I think they deserve it. I think they've watched a couple of their matches in the triangle. The one against Prominence being the one that kind of stuck out to me. Uh, I thought that was a really good match. But uh, yeah, this will be interesting, but I'll definitely be pulling for what is it, Myheim or however they. Yeah, I yeah. think yeah, I was, was going to really say I think that's uh, it sounds right. I'm I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, like, but yeah, M A I capital H I M E. Uh, yeah, yeah, pronounce I mean, it. We're, done, we're 
We're Donna Del Mondo guys here. Yeah, for so, sure. Uh, for sure. Between yeah. them and Queen's Quest, I think those are my two favorite factions in, uh, in Stardom. I, Although I, just, I do like Himeka singles because her music is just so awesome. And they come down to Micah's, but it was, everybody going to dance and party. <laughs> 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 but it just, just gets you in a good mood. No, I was going to say, I do have, the sad part about it is I do have that on my uh, my Spotify playlist. Um, All right, well, we're, we'll do that one uh, for me, next time, stardom. That's the song. Which one do you want to do? Himeka's. Done. Everybody going to party. Done. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll make you that. You know I'll, exactly. Yeah, I know exactly what you're what talking, talking about. about. No, it, about, it, yeah. it does kind of, you know, make, make me, you know, like bounce or whatever. Um, I like Donald, uh, not Donald Dumondos. I like uh, Queen's Quest when they all come out, you know, bow down to the Queens. That's yeah, a banger, that's a dude. One, I'm too. sorry. I just, yeah. I, for whatever reason, I've always thought that was a banger of fucking uh, entrance music. And one last match I want to talk about from this uh, 2-4 anniversary show. Um, the, I guess let's just call it a singles tournament. Uh, Mayu Iwatani coming up with something else off of the oh, dome. Yeah. And I saw the the rules or whatever and i'm like okay you know this this could be interested so basically well, when, she, when she announced real quick when she yeah. announced it everyone was fucking confused because <laughs> it was after that tag match right. it was what micah and utami against mayu and shuri 30 minute draw good match for sure for sure uh but, but yeah she's like i got this idea and they're all like Nah, yeah. <laughs> Mike is like, we got a tag title shot. I yeah. don't want this shit. <laughs> That's like, we got other shit to do. We ain't got time for this nonsense. I'm like, come on, man. Let's let's, let's, let's hear her out, you know? They heard her out. It's okay. like, you know what? We're good. <laughs> well, now that the dust has settled, why don't you go ahead and explain what's going on here? So we have a, a singles tournament. Uh, I believe it is. I, I'm assuming it's going to be a, a round number, so let's just say it's 20. Um, each match is going to be five minutes. Uh, you advance by pinfall submission or thrown over the top rope. Any draw, you have both wrestlers eliminated, and the winner gets a title shot of her choice at the end when all the smoke clears. So, I got, I'm number one. I love tournaments. There's just it's always a good way to build feuds, you know, do different storylines, different angles, however you want to do it. It's just, it's a natural way to, to, to progress a storyline or start a new storyline. Number two, uh, you build new stars, talent, whatever you want to call them in progression to a storyline. I'm not sure who's going to win this. And ultimately I don't really have a opinion, a preference on it. I just, I want to see how they, how they work this because this is a chance to elevate you know um just because it's the first person i thought about my sakurai i thought she has, has kind of been taking little baby steps as uh time has progressed from this time from this point last year to this point this year you know she has a a, uh, a title match on the, the the 121 uh stardom show i haven't watched it yet but yeah. uh she has a title match versus uh Sorry, uh, Ami, uh, yeah. for the uh, the future uh, championship or whatever. So, I mean, if you'd have told me this last year, I'd have been like, I'd have looked at you like you were crazy. No way in hell. So, I mean, you know, it it it's a scenario where you can build, you know, her up, bring, introduce new talent in, whatever the case may be. I'm down for it. I'm only, I'm curious to see what happens. I don't like. I said, I don't care who wins. 
Have they announced the competitors for this? I I I'm sh- I don't think they have. I just saw the actual. Um, I went on Twitter and I saw, uh, went on the Twitter feed and I just saw the, the rules on it. The poster yeah. itself, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be the usual suspects. Um, Pretty much everyone that's not, not on the a, card. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say the the Saeedas, the Hazukis, um, Kojimas. Yeah, I was going to say. I love her fucking yeah. I love her fucking yeah. I was say, God damn it. Anyway, let's not forget the blistering start she had in the five star. Like I think they're definitely like they've got plans for her. I think you know, like they they better fucking stud. Yeah. That was Fuck. that was one of the yeah exactly that was very very disappointing. I, I didn't want her to, I didn't mind her running away with it at first, but to have her not win it at the end, that was the kick of the, the gut that 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 made me mad. And I'm, yeah. I'm I'm still like you know you know you owe her right you know you owe Hazuki. Yeah. I know. Okay, as long as we go the same page, you know you owe that one. Or woman. maybe she's like, if Saya wins, maybe she Hazuki takes the white belt. Like that's kind of how I, that's like a nice next mm. step for her. I feel like. Yeah. I mean, we could say that about a lot of women on this roster, though. But I mean, well, yeah. there there's the uh, I guess the advantage of if you have Saya go over. You know, whoever beats her, you know that's that's insta rub right there. So I mean, exactly something to to think about that I didn't think about. Uh, one more thing, and then we can move on to a TJPW and close this thing up. Um, obviously, the Stardom Triangle Derby has started. Um, I believe I'm in one, two, three, four, five, six nights in. Uh, I believe the seventh night there's partial matches on that 121 show. Uh, I'm not gonna get to ask you to get bogged down in the rigmarole behind it because I know you you haven't watched it the way I watched it. Uh, just a couple, uh, just questions. First, just general thoughts on the tournament itself. I know we we have a couple of singles tournaments: the aforementioned five star, the aforementioned uh, Cinderella tournament. We have the tag title uh, tournament and the guys's uh, tournament. Now this feels like you know here's for the artist championships. You have a tournament for that. Thoughts on this as a, a new tournament, and then just general thoughts on any matches that stood out in the uh, the triangle tournament, triangle derby tournament so far. I'm going to answer your question with two words. Okay, Club Venus. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't remarked on my name here the whole time. So I, I saw Mariah May. I, I just couldn't see what the the the, the end part of oh, it. Oh, it says Mariah May is a twenty out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you ain't lying, dog. I mean, God bless Almighty. Mm, just, I mean, has there ever been a more beautiful woman to do this wrestling thing? Like, holy shit! Yeah, that, it just <laughs> she came out. I remember, no, yeah, when ahead. they debuted, I was just texting you. I'm like, who the fuck are these two honeys <laughs> with Mina? I'm sitting there like, I've been waiting for you to text me about this. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it the first time. I'm like, oh yeah, Brett's gonna lose his goddamn mind. This is yeah, oh this is God. ridiculous. That's the fighting a, princess, right? Goodness. Yeah, um, I love the fact that Mina, you know, does uh, some of the uh, ring announcing. Mariah May yeah. did did it. I she think very recently. Yeah, and I was in 
enthralled. Yeah, see, I mean, it, it, it's inter- it's interesting uh, to see how well they've been pushed so far. Um, yeah, I believe. Yeah, like obviously beyond them all being hot, like they uh, they work well together. They're fun to watch, and uh, yeah, they're definitely giving them a nice nice little push here. But uh, they've obviously stuck out for all of the all the right reasons. Uh, yeah, it was here. Let me pull up my little sheet here because. I think I had gone. I had tabbed one of their matches as one that I really liked. It was the one against Prominence. So mm-hmm. on the one fifteen show, yeah. that one and the the three way tag. It was Tam and Nat's boy versus Suzuki and Saya Ida versus Shuri and Amy Suare was a lot of fun. I'm just going to run through the few that I have marked here. Yeah, go ahead. Um, from from 114, I already mentioned it, the Neo Stardom Army against Prominence mm, match. That was really good. And, and then probably my favorite of the tournament thus far is Prominence. Yet again, I guess you could say they've been my favorite team against uh, Nats Boy, Tam, and Saki. Um, I, I had that at four stars and those others all at three, seven, five. But uh, <laughs> yeah, love me some Club Venus, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and, God, um, bless yeah, America. I, the, it's been it's been a fun tournament. I mean, none of the matches are too long. Um, yeah, like I said, I haven't been watching every match, but I've certainly enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I just love. I guess I love this prominent squad. And um, I guess whomever wins gets a shot at them. Is that kind of what's assume, happening? Yeah, here? I would assume that would be the uh, the way that this, this would play out. Then obviously, on you know, leading to. That on that same assumption, you know, there's going to be. I know Prominence has dropped at least a match, if not a second match, along the line. Um, whoever's beating them, obviously, they'll they'll probably get a title shot in the uh, the meantime or whatever the case may be. So, you know, Prominence will have a couple of title defenses to uh, to work with when it comes to the uh, the artist titles. But like I said, for me. You know, I'm a sucker for tournaments, and the you know the reward for this tournament is a title shot. I mean, you, for me, you just you're not getting much better than this. And like I said, you're introducing talent that I haven't seen before. So, you know, for me, it's a check plus. I don't have a problem with this, man. Shit, throw yep. another tournament out here. I don't give a rat's ass. Yeah. Speaking of tournaments, let's just move right on along. Build. TJP Dub before we get on out of here. So, for those who haven't been paying attention or those who just don't watch TJPW, uh, they're having their uh, Max Hart tournament. Um, funny that I was obviously just talking about tournaments and the fact I love her. She's so fucking cute. She swings <laughs> half the roster around. It makes no sense. Um, <laughs> uh, the Max Hard Tournament, that they're having their Max Hard Tournament to determine the next challenger to the Wasteland War Party. Um, I'm not Good sure. Luck. Yeah, that was going to say, <laughs> here's your rewards. You know, Heidi Howitzer and Max the Impaler, you know, have fun with that. Um, they've had some of uh, their first and second round matches. Uh, I believe this is one of two uh, shows uh, tonight on WrestleUniverse.com. If you don't 
If you haven't checked it out, I would highly recommend you put your head in there, take a peek Great around, service. you know, see what you got. There's four or five promotions on there, so it, it's not like you lack for content. You just have to find something that you like, check it out, and run with it. Um, just to, to set up the to two, let's yeah, try this again. I'll set up the two semifinal matches in the Max Hard Tournament. And obviously, you can talk about that, and then we'll talk about the uh, the DDT uh, title match as well. You have um, Miyu, speaking of the aforementioned Miyu Watatami and Rika Tadazumi, they were the winners of last year's uh, Max Hard Tournament, which was the fact that they— I did not know—I didn't know that. So they that, won uh, last year, but then end up losing the cash-in, lack of a word okay. or word, title shot. Um, they are going to face— Hyper Masato and Shoko Nakajima in one side. And then on the other side, you have Makido and Yamashita versus the, I guess, surprise team. I won't even say I guess. It is a surprise team that the fact that they have won a couple matches and now are in the semifinals in uh, Moka Miyamoto and Drea Nagano. Um, Talk about either or. Talk about both. Whatever you want to go with. Yeah. Yeah. Really liked the main event of the 119 show, mm-hmm. which was Miyu Watanabe and Rika Tatsumi defeating the former tag champs, Saki Akai and Yuki Arai, who I really like that team as well. But yeah, this that was just a really good match. Got 17 and a half minutes. Just great action uh, all around. Miyu Watanabe is just fucking little spark plug god bless her great great booking to have her as international princess apprentice champion that that she's on the way up and let her run with the bell for like six months i mean her performance in the whatever that tournament they had i can't remember what it was called last year that she beat yamashita that match was amazing yeah uh, i think it was the princess cup sounds right yeah and then she fell to Yuka Sakazaki mm-hmm. in the final, but like that definitely put her very high up on my map. Um, love her. Tatsumi is she was in the main event of that first show I watched last year, the Summer Sun Princess against Shoko Nakajima. That was an awesome match. So yeah, I just loved all four of these performers, and yeah, I wasn't sure who was going to win, and uh, the reigning tournament champions get the dub. Um, <laughs> I wanted to ask, I meant to text you this, but uh, obviously I'm a tall gentleman and yes. you're not quite as tall as me. But uh, Unfortunately, no. Who do you prefer, Saki Akai or Yuki Kamafuku? Because they both got some fucking long legs that I would uh, love to be wrapped around my noggin. Yeah, um, man, <laughs> wow. That, did not think you would ask me this question. I'm not mad that you did. Um, if you had me at gunpoint... Kamafuku, I always, I always keep looking at. Uh, and she has that pose where she like puts her leg out, and you know she's kind of you know put the leg out, and you can see her ass, and she's kind of looking from over her shoulder. I'm like, yeah, I see you. You know I'm looking. You know I'm looking. Right, right. Okay, yeah, I'm going Kamafuku. It's no knock against Saki. Saki's got some amazing legs, and yes, I agree with you with the aforementioned wrap legs around said noggin, but. <laughs> I, I, I always catch myself looking Saki, at Kamafuku. Saki, better wrestler, Kamafuku, sexier. We'll, uh, okay. we'll leave it at that. Done. <laughs> I, I, yes, check and check. Um, yeah, talk- that's definitely the match that stuck out the most to me. 
um, non-tournament, but on that same show, I really like that six-man or six-woman with Maki Ito mm. and Yamashita and Kamafuku against Pam Harajaku, Raku, and Yuki Aino. Just a nice – this was, to me, TJP dub to a T. It was right. a nice mix of comedy and really good wrestling um, all rolled up into one. No, I and, agree uh, totally. Yeah, just, just a lot of fun. But, yeah, I think both of these semifinal matches – are very intriguing and uh i'm gonna pick i'll take um that we'll get watanabe and tatsumi against ito and yamashita and agree yep i agree totally um i won't go further than that i'll i'll let the uh let this play itself out and uh be surprised on who wins i would like to think that it would be yamashita but and makito but yeah. Either or, I'm fine with either or. It doesn't matter. Let's talk this uh, DDT title match because Yuta won it. Now has at least got me to the point where I've been looking for this to come up. And now yeah. it is the second uh, card on Wrestle Universe. Like I said, the Max Hart Universe, Max Hart Tournament is one show on tonight. This is the other show. This is the main event. Talk about the two guys in the main event. Absolutely, yeah. Kazusada Higuchi, the reigning KOD openweight champ against Yuji Hino, and uh, they had a brutal, but also some comedy mixed in, 30-minute draw in DDT's DO Grand Prix, which kind of set this up. Um, They probably chopped each other for 20 of those 30 minutes, (laughs) I would say. And you did watch this match. I'm like, yeah, I think you're going to like this. Um, (laughs) Guilty as charged. So, yeah, I can't wait for this. I mean, both of these guys are big dudes that like to fight, like to chop. Um, there will be lots of chopping in this. There will be hamburger chests. And um, I think Higuchi will retain and keep this rolling. But uh, he's going to take a fucking beating. And, yeah, I can't wait for this match. Yeah, this is got at least on the the menu of ridiculous wrestling I'm going to watch this weekend. This is one that... Obviously, I had circled because Brett had told me about Higuchi, and I'm just kind of like, okay, you know, you know, Wrestle Kingdom has this for you, for you match. You know, I guess I'll watch it. You know, I ended up watching this shit. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Why have you told me? <laughs> so yes, I'm now interested. In, I want to see this play itself out. Uh, I did watch the uh, the 30 minute draw match. It was very reminiscent of. Uh, Tai Chi and Kota Ibushi in their G1, oh, I believe. Yeah. I believe it was the G1 match where it was basically that, nothing but kicks. It's That match is awesome. <laughs> it's one of my favorite matches. And you, yeah. I know if you've never seen this match and you're like, nothing but kicks, you know, that doesn't sound like fun. Just dig it, it up. Is. Go go <laughs> yeah. check it out. Trust me. You're welcome. You don't even have to tell me I'm right. So, yeah, in this scenario, I think this is a – it's an interesting – if it's anything like this 30-minute draw match that we had, you know, for me, like you said, it's going to be a, a big meaty men slapping meat and hamburger chest at the end of it. So, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. No no real rooting interest. Just <laughs> I, I just want to see two guys beat the shit out of each other. Really? That's, that's basically what I'm – yeah, and- that's – that's what I want to go to. Okay, so I'm I'm down for that. Um, I can't. Th- I think we've covered it all. Yeah, I was going to say I wrote I think it down. We have. Um, any final general thoughts? Things that are coming up? Things that we we might have missed? That I can't think of off the top of my head. 
I'm just ready for it all. I mean, obviously we've got the string of other new Japan shows coming, but we'll mm-hmm. kind of save that for the next time. But, uh, yeah, I'm working tonight, so I'll be watching the Rumble tomorrow with some buddies. I think we're going to plan on watching it like noon before the first football game, and we're going to have ourselves a day pregame. And damn. Okay, so, championship. so you're going to watch the Rumble Rump, and going the into the two football game. games? Yeah. <laughs> Man, hey, text me your address. I might show up. Tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Come on down, brother. <laughs> yeah, because I figured I'm working till like 1030 tonight. And right. Bo's coming up tomorrow. We're okay. obviously going to talk about the Rumble on our show. So I'm like, let's just get together at like noon and just fucking blast through the Rumble right into the football game. Yeah, so. that's going to say it's it's really the Rumble. And, you know, if you like the, the one line storyline, then yeah, you, that's uh, something to. Uh, to talk yeah, about as well. Yeah, other than that, I'm just I'm fired up for just Sunday in general, man. Yeah, and, uh, uh, Hoping we can punch our ticket to another Super Bowl. No, you, you should be excited. So as, as a Steelers fan, you know, this this kind of concerns me because this means we got to start getting our shit together <laughs> sooner versus later. Otherwise, yeah. we're going to be seeing a lot more of this. And the, I like your giddiness Woo. now, but, you know, at a certain point, you're going to be, it's going to be like, okay, these jokers are getting a little too giddy, man. They, they hitting this joint a little too long, and they ain't passing it. Now I'm starting to get mad. Uh, <laughs> just uh, real quick, just uh, quick thoughts, at least on my end. The, the month of February is just going to be amazing. Like uh, Brett said, New Japan's going to have some uh, big shows coming up. Um, I don't think we we didn't talk about um, Shingo versus uh, uh, Great Okan for the KOWP oh, Championship. Yeah. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. Shingo uh, out of his element a little bit, but nice win to, to retain. So they'll have the New Beginnings Tour to finish that up. Then obviously from there, like we said, the, the fourth stardom, the 21st, Noah, big time wrestling. If you don't like this side of wrestling, if you're stuck on WWE Put your toe in. If you're now's like, the time to come over, if, baby. If you, if you were like me and you're disenchanted with WWE, this is the time to come in, check things out. It's a great time to do it. If you don't like it, you can go back. But if you like it, <laughs> you can rise from the ashes like the Phoenix Woo! and fly with us for the next episode. It's the Saya Comentini endorsed podcast. She just don't know it yet. For my man, Brett Jager, I'm your humble host, Jason Cornelius Bell. We will see you next time on the Phoenix Splash podcast. Holla back to you with your boys. Peace. Kanzanine, bitches. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Hey.